On July 1st, 2019, Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs passed away. At the time of this recording, there was not much information available. While it's happened, we won't be talking about it on today's episode. Stay tuned for another episode where we'll go fully in-depth as the story unfolds. As always, thank you for listening to the Outfielder Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode number 72, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Nine or 19 people were a fisted. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? So, pretty classic drop right there, J-Mac. Pretty classic drop. Speaking of nine or 19, what's going on in that on-deck circle? Ladies and gentlemen now batting cleanup for the outfielder podcast number three the great sam bino good evening sam hey gentlemen how are we doing good man how are you doing i'm great i'm dry and i'm inside (laughs) yeah ben seems to have gotten incredibly soaked with water before getting on the show what 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 happened there? Well, everything's better wet. But here's what happened. So I went ahead and stop laughing at that. That wasn't Market. that funny. No, I'm marking it. <laughs> so uh, on Saturday, I'm at a pool party. Uh, this like band of parents at work all put on like a mini concert. We're going to do it outside. Whatever. No big deal. It started raining. So we played inside. Long story short to say, while it was raining, I didn't realize I had left my windows cracked. So my car got really wet on Saturday. Since then, I've been leaving my windows all the way down to let it dry out all the way. Because today, as in five minutes before we press record, my wife says, Ben, your windows are are up, right? And I said, no, they're down. And she goes, you idiot, they're raining. It's raining. Have you learned nothing? And so I just run outside. Uh, to get to roll up my windows uh, because now my car, which was 98% dry, and I was just hoping for that last little bit, uh, is now back to being soaked again. So, whatever. So, you got the car more wet trying to dry it. That's what happened. Correct. Uh, this is like the opposite of what a Subaru commercial should be. Yeah. Ben, let me tell you three things just off the top of my head that are worse wet than dry. All right. <laughs> Dirt, this ought to be good. <laughs> dirt, bread, and carpet. You see all three of these things every day. All bad wet. Hold on. Terrible. Dirt. Uh, ding. <laughs> bread. Ding. There it is. <laughs> carpet. Okay. I'm going to remember that. We'll have to come up with other things. Um, I had to put a hole in the bottom of a swimming pool yesterday. Is that worth talking about? Don't bury yes. your head in your hands. Yes. Do it. My parents it have this in ground swimming pool. What? <laughs> what? What is it with you in holes? I don't understand. What is it with you in the pool? No. So um, we had a. My parents have this backyard pool, and it's really just gone to shit. Like it. It looks like a swamp. It's completely empty. The walls are falling, but it's like in ground. And so my dad was like, "Hey, we got to put a hole in the bottom of it to relieve some of the pressure and let the water drain out." And I, so I waded into this ankle deep algae mildew snake pit puddle barefoot 
with a fucking crowbar and a mallet so I could relieve the pressure at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> what? This is unbelievable. I can't breathe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Why weren't you wearing shoes? I didn't want my shoes to get wet. You couldn't find some boots or something to put on? That It was like There's ankle deep. No, that's what I told him. I said, oh, Dad, if I didn't know you wanted me to go in your pool, I would have brought my boots. I'm wearing like a pair of Nikes I wear to the gym. Dude, my, my life is so weird. So I have one final weird story. I'm at my parents' house Thursday picking up my dog because I went on an awesome vacation. And uh, I'm loading up my dog's stuff in the car because he has more luggage than I do. And my dad goes, hey, Ben, will you shave my neck? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, I'm, it's kind of a weird request, but okay, sure, whatever. And then he just pulls a pair of clippers out of his back pocket that he had with him. It wasn't like he was just thinking about it. And, oh, if you have a chance when we get inside. No, I have the clippers on me. We're standing in the driveway, and I'm shaving between his hairline and his shirt line and uh, doing a nice little shape. That just sounds like a man that's prepared to me. <laughs> yes. Uh, if he learned nothing in the Army in Vietnam, is to always be prepared. <laughs> Some hair clippers. Oh boy! What an unbelievable week, dude! What a weird ass week. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about your trip because I have some questions here in a little while. I cannot wait. I hope my answers do them justice. Indeed, I'm sure that they will. They typically do. Uh, I think it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) We could just end now, and this would be a successful episode. This is unbelievable. Yeah, it's been a wild ride so far. It's a real non-baseball related roller coaster. That's for sure. We're getting towards All-Star Week, and feel like I'm already starting to feel sad that baseball is going to be gone for a week. And, well, about five days. That, that stinks. Other than, I don't, are you guys really into the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game that much anymore? I just don't feel like I am. I'm into the Home Run Derby because that is really fun to watch. I always kind of don't like it at the same time because, you know, guys can get injured hacking at the ball like that. Um, the All-Star Game means nothing, and therefore I don't care anymore. I agree with that. So I actually don't mind, especially because in the Home Run Derby now, they have like Christian Yelich is competing this year. And there's a million dollar purse for it. So it's not like it's, you know, chunk changed at some of these guys. Yeah, it's not that it means nothing. You know, it's just it no longer means to overall baseball what it once meant. The All-Star game anyway. Correct. Yeah. The Home Run Derby, though, I like that they have actual like like whenever Giancarlo was competing in it and stuff like that a couple of years ago, that was awesome. They were always competing for a Chevy. It was like pick a Corvette or a Silverado for your prize. And now apparently it's a bunch of cash. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I wonder if they just like bring it out in like a treasure, like a treasure chest, you know, or like, like well, how they give it to them. Yeah, was that in dodgeball that they did that? Yeah, I love that your head went there too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually did not think about that, but I was just wondering if that's how it happens. <laughs> So was there any of uh, anyone who made the all-star rosters that y'all found surprising? Not really. Like Sam and I put our votes up on social media the other day, just showing who we voted for and everything. And I mean, it was pretty much chalk throughout. Like you couldn't really, there were very few that were even debatable. Like it was really hard for me not to put like any of the Red Sox players in there other than Xander Bogarts might've deserved it at shortstop, but there's just so much good competition in front of all those guys. And it was really stacked, like, top to bottom. It really was. Yeah, I agree. So the one surprise that I wasn't expecting was Hunter Pence of the Texas Rangers to make the DH spot for That's the awesome. American League. 
I'm happy about it. It just was unexpected. I agree. I'm wondering, so, I mean, is he selected based on the fan votes at that point? Because you think about like a comeback story, the guy hasn't been good for like five years, comes back to his hometown and is successful again, pulling out the heartstrings of everyone in Texas. If it's vote based, like that makes a lot of sense that he got it. I'm looking right now because part of that is because if you look at like where they were selected overall, like Kettle Marte has been really good for a while, but like he's been injured a lot. And so like he's kind of having like a breakout thing and you got to wonder if there's like kind of a soft spot for that or whatever, because he's been really, really effective this year so far. Yeah. And who else is Arizona going to really vote for? Right. I mean, the ghost of John McCain. The ghost of Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah. Paul Goldschmidt. I like that you went baseball. I went political, but I like that you went baseball. I also love that Ben went with somebody that's actually dead. And Sam went with someone who's very much alive. Veered right into it. All the rosters were really stacked, though, overall. Like Acuna, Bellinger, Yelich, Arenado, Javi Baez, Marte, Freddie Freeman, Wilson Contreras. Like, that's the National League. You can't. I looked at the National League, and all, all of those positions to me, except for second base, were locks. It was like, how do you not pick yeah. Nolan Arenado and Javi Baez, Acuna, Bellinger, and Yelich, and Contreras? Like, those are all like must be starters in my mind. Like, Ben, I had to vote for Gary Sanchez, a Yankee. <laughs> like, I had to. Like, the numbers didn't, I couldn't deny the numbers. I couldn't. Right. That, that was totally fair. Incredibly upsetting to me. Well, Great numbers for a Turtle. God. We're going to get into them in a little bit. <laughs> I've got some issues. We also have, um, that was very reminiscent a long time ago on this pod. We played a game where if you could field your baseball team, but you had to put one zoo animal, what zoo animal <laughs> would you pick and at what position? <laughs> Wouldn't Jimmy on for that episode? That sounds like a Jimmy Midtown thing. I don't thing. remember. <laughs> I think someone chose bees. Bees? <laughs> Somebody chose giraffe for sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. We'll have to go back and look at that. <laughs> I don't even know where we'd begin to try to figure out where, where, when or where we talked about that, but I'm sure it was ridiculous. While we're on the subject of the All-Star Game, uh, don't forget, tune in next week. We're going to do a history of the All-Star Game, and I'm going to break down some of the how the All-Star Game came to be and what it meant and what it means now. So uh, hopefully, y'all, if you like this episode, make sure to stick around for next week because we'll go ahead and bring that to you. Yep. Love it. I can't wait for that. Uh, Sam, we were talking last episode, Ben, while you were out, about uh, the all-time record for All-Star Game. Did you happen to look into that? I did. We're we're bringing back a segment where we correct our errors and actually follow up on the follow-ups that we say we're going to follow up on. Yeah. So like in that. this episode, we're going to talk about the AL-NL split uh, in the All-Star Game. So all-time, uh, the teams have been playing against each other for over 80 years. <clears throat> the current split is American League with 44 wins and the National League with 43 wins. So, And, and isn't the pod, there a, a tie? There there are two ties. Oh, there are fact. two ties. Okay. There are two ties. Uh, so I had said something to the effect of, I think there have been 40 games and the NL have won like four of them. Yeah. That was just like totally wrong. Yeah. But, but, but yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a really important time frame to note. Because I was born in 86. So since 1986, the AL has won 25 times and the NL has won seven times. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah. So, so there you go. 
<laughs> really bad recently, the NL and the All-Star game. And that's all those are the years when it started to mean something, right? The AL was just right. dominating. Though I, I didn't ever put it together that, that was your birthday year. Until, I just never thought about it. I just thought that whenever you looked into it, it was like, oh, well, that's when it really started to become lopsided. So I was like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense, though, even so. So the fact that it's in your exact lifetime makes a ton of sense as to why you thought that. Yeah, totally. We're already planning Sam's 34th birthday party. Yeah. with <laughs> Will there be fish? Stay tuned. There could be. I like fish. Yes, please, please provide fish. Mark that, please. <laughs> yes, marked. Fine. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, no. So uh, one thing that came up this past week that we uh, we had going on is Sam and I were playing each other in fantasy. Oh. And actually, you ended up really coming not that far off from from catching up to me. Like, it looked like I was going to wallop you by like 60 points going into Sunday. It was not a good look leading leading into the end of Friday. Uh, Justin was up by 60 or 70 points and I had all but given up hope. Um, I had a great offensive resurgence, but, um, it wasn't enough. Justin, Justin beat my pants off that it, yeah. you know, three losses in a row. I have four losses on the season and three of them so far are, uh, in the last three weeks, it's kind of a rough go for my team. Can we get an update on how Jason's doing? Jason? Oh yes, we can do this. I'm going to guess that Jason is still in last place. Um, and I hope he listens to the, all of these podcasts at some point and just realizing that we're just ripping on him. Um, I said it last pod. I'm going to say it again. Uh, last pod, I said I have four to five more weeks of ripping on him. Yep. We're down to three to four weeks of me okay. ripping on him before I just start to feel bad for him. Fair. He's actually in ninth place. He won last week somehow. Oh, no, he just scored more points. He has 12 more points than the 10th place person, but he is 2 and 11. Who's in 10th place? Ivan? <laughs> One-eared Ivan. One-eared Ivan. Damn it, one-eared Ivan. It's not a good look. Jason? Mm. Not great. All right. I'm just happy it's not me in last place, because I got to tell you, I'm in a real dogfight for the turd trophy. <laughs> I was, uh, I tried to do you a solid, but apparently you found it insulting, so. No, hold on. Who did you offer me? I honestly don't remember what the trade was. Let me tell you what. That trade was trash, J-Mac founder numero uno. I got to tell you, audience, J-Mac went in and tried to snake Kristen Yelich from me. He's like my statue of liberty, of talent, in the cesspool that is the New Jersey Harbor. Like, that's what Kristen Yelich means to my fantasy team. Mm -hmm. What did he offer Yeah, you? what did I offer you? Like a bag of Funyuns and... Ron Washington or some bullshit. <laughs> Man, I wish we could trade managers. That'd be fun. I definitely offered you Ryu, one of my best pitchers, for him. And I I threw in a couple of kickers, too, because I knew that it was not fair enough as far as talent goes. So I threw in a couple of guys that are pretty solid up-and-coming outfielders. So I don't think it was a bad trade. I need to go back and look at exactly what it was. Let me see if I can see it. So Ryu, yeah, Ryu's pretty good. He's injury-prone. Um, to give up Yelich would be, I don't know. It depends on your position. I mean, you, you don't really, if he, if he offered you like four guys who have potential, like future seasons, you think about that development period for those guys could be, could be good, but it's hard to give up a guy like that. Right. No doubt. About I agree. It. Yeah. And that's what I was that, trying to, you know, maybe throw you a couple of chips there, but you know, yeah, you, you, you know, you can enjoy things down there. That's fine. I responded uh, with a massive expletive <laughs> as I hoarded my one good player. 
Sam, would you have been fucking livid, though, if right going into the week that I played you, I acquired Christian Yelich to my team? Um, No, I mean, my team's pretty banged up. They haven't been performing. They really are. I I all but conceded the week as it begun. Um, To even come close, I thought was somewhat of a victory. But yeah, I mean, to see a a team that I plan on playing in the playoffs get that much better, yeah, that wouldn't wouldn't be great. But um, can't get mad at you for that. That's just the game, right? Oh, no, for sure. It's just... It would have been a, a real middle finger to the face going into the Oh, week. for sure. Yeah, but no, but for, like I said, all due respect as far as you came back nearly and got me. Like, it was close. Almost. But for a standings update, we have Justin in third place. I am in fifth place, and Ben is in eighth place. So we're kind of scattered throughout the middle. Where is James from Middletown? James from Middletown is in second. You are in mm. third. Oh, good old wow. Jimmy Midtown. I can't wait to get Jimmy Midtown's thoughts when we're in Colorado in four weeks about how this fantasy season has gone because usually it's pretty, pretty tough. He doesn't really love it. But maybe I need to send Mister Jimmy Midtown Christian Yelich. Mm. Man, I'd be real upset. I wouldn't worry. I've got to figure out how to take him down though. My, I feel like I figured out my offense, but we'll 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 see how things continue to to go. And that is worth noting for the podcast audience today is we are about four weeks away from the first, second-ish full-on outfielder away game trip. And so we will be coming to you the first weekend in August with plenty of updates, not only here on uh, the outfielder, but also on Sensibly Loud Media. So make sure you check out and subscribe to a lot of that stuff because we're going to have electric content. We have a bunch of special guests. It's going to be great. Can't wait, man. I've been counting down to this trip and it just it's something that we've been talking about doing for a long time there's going to be tons of different content ideas we've got happening lots of guests all that stuff we're going to be doing a bunch of sensibly loud radio stuff like you said it's it's going to be a blast so can't wait can't wait to have all the guys together and you know get to go watch some rockies baseball i think that's going to be the best part of the whole damn thing that's right oh yes so I'm still working on getting us some sponsors for that show, but okay. Justin, were you able to see if anyone was able to sponsor today's episode? Uh, let me rummage through my knapsack here. <laughs> it's like, let me rummage through my fanny pack here. <laughs> Grounds crew, do you need to get loaded? Need a pull of whiskey or perhaps a pull of taffy? We've got you covered <laughs> down at Fulmer's Liquor and Candy Shop. Fulmer's has a wide array of items to satisfy all of your indulgences. Tequila, taffy, whiskey, chocolate, rum, sours, wine, M&Ms, and more. Be sure to get down to Fulmer's today for all of your liquor and candy needs, and don't be afraid to let them know that the Outfielder crew sent you. Back to you, Sam. All-time favorite right there. It's an old one. It was recorded in the old studio with all the old echoes and everything. Perfect. It's some good vintage booze and candy right there. Two things that... Well, one gets better with age, another one does not. <laughs> what is Michael Fulmer even still pitching anymore? Is he in the yeah. league? I don't even know if he is. I believe he is. I think he like was maybe one of the UCL guys or something like that, and is you know. And also, he plays for the Tigers, who are terrible, so that doesn't help anything. But uh, yeah, good ad read, old school stuff. Well done, boy, uh, Sam. We were talking about the London series a little bit, and I, but I, before we kind of get into that, there was something that you brought up 
a couple weeks ago that we never really got around to talking about, and I actually noticed during the London series, and that's extending the netting in the MLB ballparks. Yeah. So, so talk to me about been, this. There have been a rash of foul balls that have just been laced into um, territory where the seats are beyond the netting. Um, there have been some injuries. Last season, I believe somebody died. But recently, like during a Cubs game, I think the the pinnacle or like the inflection point for this was when the Cubs were playing somebody and uh, Albert O'Mara Jr. hit a, just a screamer into foul tor- territory and hit a young woman in the face. And he saw that and on camera like started crying. Like the player who hit the ball was visibly upset. He was not happy about it. I mean, this is a thing that's been going on for a long time, like fans getting hit by balls, mm-hmm. uh, foul balls that have just been scorched. But that I, I believe that that moment right there, um, again, was sort of the inflection point where everybody started to pay attention when the player was visibly upset that they hit um, a, a fan. And then it happened again at a Dodgers game and then again at a White Sox game. Eloy Jimenez hit somebody really hard with a foul ball. And then all these guys are s- suddenly starting getting like really visibly upset. And um, it begs the question, when are uh, MLB netting regulations going to change league-wide? Um, there have already been a number of teams who are electing to extend the nettings beyond the dugouts themselves, beyond the regulations of the MLB. But, um, you know, there's fan safety concerns, and that draws um, so the ire of some, some real hardliner old baseball fans, right? Mm-hmm. It definitely does. I think... Like, so in that scenario, like, would it extend like all the way to the foul poles? Is that how that would work or what? I don't know specifically how long. I mean, it depends on what the new regulation stemming from the MLB would be. Yeah. But I've got to think it's got to it's got to go, you know, 30, 40 yards beyond the dugouts for it to be safe. Well, because you got to think of it, two things. OK, so here's the thing. You're absolutely right, Sam, but the people who are wanting to keep this change from happening are the same people who didn't want to integrate baseball in the 40s. So you got to think these are old hard hardliners who just need to get over themselves, especially because now the pitches are faster and the ball flying off the bat is a heck of a lot faster than it was when these netting regulations first came out. You know, and people you can see through the nets. It's not like it's a massive obstruction and realistically if baseball truly cared about the fan experience that much you know like there's a number of other things that they could do like clearly they've already set the precedent that they're not necessarily about saying oh yeah everyone has to have a perfect seed every time yeah i agree with you i think i think i've been guilty of saying like we'll just pay attention when the ball's in play or whatever but there are so many people who more more so than in the past are not there just to watch the game they're on their phones doing whatever and you're right, the bat speed, the exit velocity on those balls is so high that I think um, the, the league needs to step in and do, do something about it. And to be fair, they do need to pay attention. Like, paying attention is definitely on the table. You are at a sporting event. There's plenty of stuff. Like, you still need to pay attention. But, yeah, but, you, you also, people are doing it for more than just the game. Right. But, and I mean, but Ben, look at it, like, from your standpoint. Like, you're a dad. Like, you know, there are times where you've got to, like, you know, lean over to help your daughter do something or another, right? Like, I mean, you just can't be paying attention at all points in time. And 
to you guys' point, like it comes down to a thing of safety. And one thing that kind of how this tied back to the London series is I noticed that they had netting pretty far out. Like they didn't really mess around with that while they were there. It was a little bit different because it was a soccer pitch. So the like the the shape of it was very different. But even so, it it's still they extended it out way further than I've seen in any other ballparks. Yeah. So I watched both of those games and it was almost immediately evident that the fans had no idea when they were supposed to be like heads up, eyes open, because so many foul balls went into crowds of people not paying attention. So many home runs were hit and the, the stands are completely full. And like the first four home runs, the balls were just picked up off the ground by somebody. Nobody was, you don't see the, the like rashes of people with their arms in the air trying to catch the ball. They don't know what the hell to look for. Right. So, you know, I'm pretty glad that they extended the net for that game, for those games. Um, I'd like to see it now uh, across the league here in the States. I agree with that. It was, that whole series was insane. I mean, aside from the baseball play itself, like, I mean, do you guys think it was well done? Largely, yes. Okay. Um, it was hot. You can't really help the fact that it was really hot. I think it was like 92 plus degrees in London, like Ooh. unseasonably warm. Yeah. Also, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that got uh, visually in the way of the ball, like all the seats are white and all the catwalks are white. Mm-hmm. Um, not unlike Tampa Bay with the catwalks being white, but um, quite a bit of, you know, different things going on for the players to, to learn around. Um, and probably not something you want to play in every day. Yeah, so I think I'd give Major League Baseball probably a solid B as far as how they did in London. I really liked, um, I mean, it looked like it was a good atmosphere. It looked like it was a good energy. Um, To your point, Justin, the fans didn't really know what they were supposed to do when, but like, I think overall it was a really good showing for Major League Baseball. Yeah, part and you know what the other miserable part of it too is those soccer pitches are very specifically designed for wind not to be a factor in any way because of the wind can affect a soccer ball more than anything and so there's like no breeze going through there or anything like that so it was it was a very calm 91 or 92 degrees outside and just hot that sounds miserable yeah, and it sounds like next year for the because it's going to be the Cardinals versus the Cubs, they're going to play it in earlier June and not let it go into the last week in June. So they're definitely trying to to learn from from what all happened. I think two things they kind of messed up on here overall. I thought it was pretty well done. I thought it was cool that they had like Joe Buck and everybody like you know like the the A plus you know news crew. You don't like Joe Buck, do you, Sam? No, you don't. Okay, I do. I, I don't ben like him. No, I actually do. I like. Fuck. No, we talked about. So I like him better for football, and I think you're not going to find a better pairing in the NFL right now than the Buck Aikman pairing. Uh, but I definitely enjoy. Uh, but for me, though, it's probably because when I hear Joe Buck calling baseball games, I know it's the postseason, and so it's like, oh my god, it's World Series. So I could see where, you know, it's almost like is someone teasing a dog when you hear Joe Buck calling a baseball game in June. Yeah, no, I get that. I I think for me, it's that I don't like him in the football booth, but I do like him in the baseball booth better. This is a man who outwardly loves the Cardinals and will find any excuse to bring up the talking about uh, the Cardinals beating the Rangers in the World Series. He'll find literally any excuse. Oh, Regular that, season, that is AL only matchup. Like, 
get ready for Joe Buck to talk about the Cardinals beating the Rangers. That guy can go fuck himself. <laughs> I, I will agree with that. That is a very good point. He does. God, the year that the Red Sox played them, 2013 in the World Series, I thought I was going to vomit every 10 seconds. That I kind of grown my thinking into more on the side of liking him now than I did back then. But that time, like at that point in time, it just, uh, cause I mean, it, you're as it is, you're not wanting to hear the dick being sucked of the other team. Like you just, you don't want to hear it at that point. You can't No, like, it, this it's is my too bias stressful. Speaking. Yeah. It's my bias speaking against his bias. Otherwise he does a great job. It's but, why we like watching the home feed of a baseball game versus the away feed. Right. I mean, still thinking go fuck himself. No, I get it. But I'm just saying it, it just, that's, that's really, really annoyed me. So I can understand what you're saying. Uh, but I thought it was a big miss on MLB's part that the way, this wasn't marketed well. Uh, once again, like this could have been a much bigger deal if they marketed it the right way as far as like making it a bigger event on television as a whole. Like baseball was played at noon and 9 a.m. Like that's incredible. I loved waking up at like, you know, 8 o'clock and having some coffee and then getting ready to watch baseball. That was freaking great. Yeah, and it was, was kind of like the Tokyo series. What was the game at like five or six a.m. then? Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like they did a good job marketing it for the last two weeks, but right. not as a whole. Like they should have been talking about it the whole season, right? Exactly. Because they shipped out their two most profitable teams, the two most winningest teams, or maybe not the winningest, but like very popular franchises, the best rivalry in baseball, arguably all sports in America. They shipped them both out to london to play this two game series they could i think they could have done more to market it i agree but you know the fact that they sent those two teams out i think says a lot they didn't send out like reds versus giants or something <laughs> like that. it was like yeah. two two of the most popular teams yeah, got no, sent out sure. there to do this thing in like a, like a goodwill tour for the mlb um yeah they could have done a little more but i overall i thought it was very well done i liked watching it players seemed to enjoy it fans you know whether they knew baseball or not in London seemed to enjoy it. I'm I'm all for it. And just a quick note: they also brought in turf from France and dirt and clay from the U.S. to make this whole thing happen. And they didn't really bother to market it more than two weeks out. Can you I forgot know? that the wall came from Canada. Oh, that's they brought right. Added a wall from Canada. How dare you? Pardon How me. dare you? Pardon me. So, Sam, I need you to remove your head from your anus for just a minute. <laughs> oh, okay, sure. We're going to talk about Joe Buck? No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, sure, but no. So here's the thing. I agree with 80% of what you just said. But okay. I'm going to ask you to take a step back when you say that the Yankees-Red Sox is the best rivalry in baseball. Maybe like in the last 10, 15 years, it's been a really good rivalry. But historically speaking, I think there are much bigger rivalries uh, worth talking about. Oh, we're going to have to revisit this topic. We don't have time for that right now, but we need to do some research and get back. So let's mark that. You're allowed down. to. You're you're entitled to your opinion. Yeah, it's a bad opinion, fun. but we'll 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 discuss this. We'll get back to it. We're marking these things down now. That's how we know we're going to get back to it. I want to run down what happened in the actual baseball series because it was embarrassing overall. Um, I I took some notes here. The Red Sox got swept. Um, so game one was at noon. The Yankees won that game 17 to 3. 17 to 3. And I'll get into the specifics here in a second. Game two, 9 a.m. in the morning, the Yankees won 12 to 8. There's a lot of runs scored in this series, first of all. 
which is really good for baseball overall to get people interested in the sport. Because if it would have been a one nothing pitcher's duel, people like us would have ate that up. But a brand new f- fan base who don't know what baseball's happening, like you want those home runs. It's a real give and take there because, well, yes, it's good for the, the whole inning to be laced with action. The first inning took 58 minutes. 58 minutes. And, they, and then they finish one inning. They go, we have to do that eight more times. Like, they don't have any frame of reference of normal pace. They're going to go, I'm out of here by, like, the third and a half inning. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That is a big problem. I want to break down just the first game. I didn't even bother going into the second game because I was so infuriated whenever I started looking at some of these things. All right, so I'm just going to lay out a few notable things that happened. Uh, So this is game one. Neither team's starting pitcher could make it through the first inning. Uh, Yankee starter Tanaka lasted two-thirds of an inning while Rick Porcello was pulled after just one out in the first. The two combined for a 108 ERA in the game. 12 total oh. runs across an inning of work. One inning of work. Okay. Woof. That's fact number one. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long inning. I watched the entirety of that inning, and I wanted to die. It was brutal. Because uh, I actually, so I was busy during this, so I had to go back and rewatch this abysmal five hours of baseball. <laughs> you had to rewatch it? I was watching it live, and it was terrible. Oh, well, and I knew what the result was, and I still had to watch it, because it was a hit parade regardless. Um, both, t- the, excuse me, both teams used eight pitchers apiece, allowing 30 runs on 37 hits. Oof. The Yankees' 17 runs are the most they've scored in a game against the Red Sox in almost a decade. The Bronx Bombers tallied 20 runs against Boston on August 21, 2009. DJ LeMayhew, Luke Voigt, and Jackie Bradley Jr. each recorded four hits. 11 different players tallied at least two hits. The Yankees had six players with multi-hit games. The Red Sox had five. What a calamity. Some offense. 17 to 13. Like Boston had the tying run at the plate towards the end of this thing. For historical reference, most hits in a game by both teams combined was 51. And this had 37. So like we weren't that far off at all for a regular season game. Nine innings. No, not at all. That's it was incredible. That's that's crazy. So the other thing that you kind of mentioned, Sam, was the wall height and kind of like the way that this place was like made up just in general. And so I took a few notes on the uh, dimensions and just a couple of comparisons. And I felt like the most fair way to do this was to compare that section. So like right field wall, for example, to Yankee Stadium and Fenway, just for reference, just since those are the two teams playing, it seemed like it made the most sense. So right field wall at in London was 330, like 330 uh, feet out. And it was eight. The wall was eight feet high. Okay. Okay. At Yankee Stadium, uh, right field is 314 feet and Fenway Park is 302. Okay. So it was deeper th- at in London. And mark that, by the way. Center field wall, 385 Wall height was 16 feet, shortest distance, shortest distance in the MLB. So this one was definitely shorter. Yankee Stadium, 408, Fenway Park, 390. Can we talk about the foul territory for a moment? Because 
this baseball stadium was essentially a big square. Yes. Right. So the if we're going based on numbers in, in other MLB parks, the the foul territory at this stadium was forty five thousand square feet. To put that into reference, the Oakland A Stadium is forty one thousand square feet, and that is an enormous space for foul balls to be captured by the defense. Yes. So we're talking about like you know ten percent more than the largest in the MLB for opportunities. You saw guys running into foul territory for days and giving up on balls. They would still bounce in foul territory with like 12 feet to spare before they reached the yeah. ball. It happens. Like I remember whenever uh, Michael Chavis finally got one, it was like, Oh, that was like the sixth one he had missed. Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And uh, I mean, speaking of which, I mean, he hit a home run that was 425 feet over the center field wall. That center field wall was out there. It's like out yeah. of that stadium. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely insane. But I thought that made for an interesting so, dynamic of the whole thing. So one of my favorite parts of the whole one of my favorite parts of the whole England or London series was the announcers. Like cuz they had one Brit and one American calling the game and it was incredible. And I think like there was a point where he had to explain to the people watching what a ground rule double was and stuff, and it was just brilliant. And he's just doing this delightful English accent the whole time, and I love yes. it. Yes, one hundred percent. That was the best part. They're they're like radio snippets of the call from like BBC Radio Four or whatever, and guys who normally call like cricket matches generally understand the rules, and they just have like the most eloquent British accent calls of solo shots by dd gregorius or whatever and it's like a man a plus good call out then absolutely that was one of my favorite parts of the series i will i will say i don't typically actually watch baseball games with the broadcast on i typically am listening to something else because i barely have any time to consume media and stuff like that otherwise and so you know i have to balance it out somehow so i actually didn't really listen to a whole lot of it but i'll have to go back and check it at least like just an inning of what that sounded like. I think that's definitely worth checking into. Um, all right, let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular schedule of programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. So I'm going to go ahead and break rule number one of this podcast and name one of you the piece of shit for the week. <laughs> Excellent. This week, I'm calling Ben Baseball the piece of shit. I only have like a small amount of the information, so I'm going to let you know what I know, and then I'm going to give Ben the opportunity to redeem himself with maybe some extra context and hopefully an apology for this poor soul. Uh, so if you follow us on Facebook, you'll have seen uh, Ben Baseball on Facebook Live. He's driving some sort of car around St. Louis talking about how he blew his top at a parking lot attendance. And like, I, I just can't condone someone being really ugly to a stranger for no good reason. So I really just, you know, at face value, you're a piece of shit, but like, I need more information. 
So Ben, I'm giving you the opportunity to to tell the whole story uh, if you want to. I would love the opportunity. Thank you very much, Great Sambino. I appreciate you you turned it over to me. And afterwards, let me know if if I still win the award this week or if you're willing to take it back. So I'll take it back, maybe. Long story, slightly less long. Took a big family road trip, drove up to Ohio, passed through a ton of great cities, saw some cool ballparks, Cincinnati and St. Louis included, plus some cool minor league parks. Uh, 2,200 miles, eight days in the car, went across nine different states in a Subaru, which is now soaking wet, but that's not the point. (laughs) So we roll in to to St. Louis, Missouri. It's about three in the afternoon, uh, and we have a full day of driving, still driving back to North Texas ahead of us. And we're like, hey, let's see if the kids want to see the St. Louis Arch. Like, that's a thing. So we take the exit, we go downtown, and I turn to what should be the Arch parking lot, and I inadvertently like, oh, cool. There's Bush Bush Stadium or Bush Gardens or whatever they call it. And I was like, oh, that's neat. That's cool. You know, like that's a baseball stadium for a really historic team and everything. But then as I'm turning in, I remember the 2011 World Series and this parking attendant comes up to me and he goes, I didn't see him. He was like sitting in his truck, which, by the way, your job is to stand outside and take my money. Don't be sitting in your truck and then be surprised when I drive past you. Not the point. So he flags me over. And uh, so he's at my window talking to me. And he's like, yeah, it's $15 to park. And I'm like, oh, it's $15 to see the monument? Or is it because of a baseball game? And he goes, doesn't matter why you're parking. It's $15, baseball game or arch. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Except now I'm back in that moment. It's October 2011. There's one fucking out. Away. No, there's one strike away and the ball is in the air and Nelson Cruz who's caught I don't know 200 foul balls the whole year misses this one and at that moment I don't go off on the parking lot attendant but I just start talking about how oh no I don't like the Cardinals do you remember what happened in 2011 and of course he has no idea what I'm talking about and I'm like do you remember what happened like David Freeze is not that good and I'm just like chanting to my confused family that David Freeze is not that good and I decide to turn around and drive away so yeah you're you're still a piece of shit yeah I could just see you backing out uh, back into traffic yelling David Freeze is not that good (laughs) (laughs) He had an OPS it. of 746 that year. Yeah, yeah. fuck him. Yeah, um, <laughs> not my finest moment. Oh, that's great. We all have those moments. Oh, I had so many questions the moment I saw it. That kind of paints the picture, but yeah, it's not great. You really well, took out a lot of aggression on that guy. Well, and then like I also like kind of uh, annoyed my family because as we're driving away, I asked my wife, hey, in the video, because I had her film it, it's like, could you see the arch in the video? Because I would have thought that it would have been just super like cinematography. And she thought I asked if I got her pictures of it. And she goes, no, I didn't get a chance to take any pictures of it because you were making your stupid video. And I'm like, dang it. <laughs> you can thank her for oh, us. You can thank her I'm for sorry. us. I'm sorry. You really got like portaled into one moment nine years ago. Um, I get it. Yeah. You, know, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retract it. You're not a piece of shit. You just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Thank you. That you, happens to all of us. You got heated. That's for sure. And fuck St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. The ghost of Paul Goldschmidt is there. It's, I know. don't even think that they're a real saint. 
<laughs> yeah, probably not, probably not with that arch and whatnot. I don't trust it. All right, Ben, who's your POS of the week? All right, so not my POS, but question, who's the worst team in baseball? The Reds. Okay, yeah, probably. I was going to go with Baltimore. Yeah. And so for this week, I'm naming Cleveland as my POS. Got it. Go for it. Which doesn't make a ton of sense until you realize that Orioles won back-to-back games against Cleveland. And normally, I'd name Cleveland a POS just because they have a racist nickname, but whatever. So anyway, Baltimore won 13 to nothing, and then they won again 13 to nothing. So they hung 26 runs on Cleveland. Oh, boy. So the onus is really on Cleveland for being terrible. And here's yeah. my favorite part. This was the first time Baltimore has won back-to-back games since May 4th and 6th. They went 46 games without winning consecutive <laughs> games, and they finally did it to the team from Cleveland. So that's why Cleveland is my POS this week. That's a good wow. one. Yeah, I'm I glad that. you brought that up because that thing was absolutely brutal. Twice in a row, the same exact way. Like the, <laughs> the box looks exactly the same when you look at them. Poor Indians. You were right, Ben. They are the worst team in baseball, and they're a piece of shit for, you know, or I'm sorry, Cleveland is the piece of shit for having lost to Baltimore twice in a row at the same That's score. That's right. Ugh. And the name. Yeah, it's terrible. Justin, who's on your docket? All right, so this gets interesting. So <laughs> Does it? We'll be what the was it Oh, no. This? Sam, you'll like this. <laughs> My POS of the week is Human penis baseball player, Brett Gardner. Yes. Uh, In game one of the London series, he went two for four, scored a run, had three RBIs, one strikeout. Pretty good day, right? That jerk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it, it has nothing to do with all that. His play was great that day. What I do have an issue with is the fact that he stru- on that one strikeout that he had, he walked into the dugout, threw his helmet boun- down, which bounced back and hit him square in the face and <laughs> cut his lip open. Oh, my God. That was not during the London series. It was during the London series, wasn't it? No, that was weeks before. No, that was definitely just happened the other day. Like, I was watching it on TV live. Mm-hmm. No, that was weeks before. They replayed it. They must have replayed it then. Yeah. And again, I don't listen to this stuff. So regardless, he's a piece of shit. Like he threw yeah, a helmet no. and got itself hit in the face. Like, come on. Oh yeah. Yeah, he definitely threw a helmet against some some cladding on the dugout and the helmet came back and hit him in the lip. Yeah. But regardless, he's the piece of shit. Fuck him. Well, Ben, I'm glad you're back because we haven't gotten to do our favorite newer segment in a while. You ready to take it away? What segment is that, Justin? It's time for Ben Baseball Out. Stand. I love that you put in one solo clap after that after that music. So just super, super pathetic. You have all that synth build up. Okay, so I'm going to hit a topic today that we have talked about last year on this pod, but it's worth bringing up again. And I started thinking about it as a result of the baseball series in London. So gentlemen, once again, I bring to you 
the topic of relegation. Oh. Yes. So here's where we need to think about. For those that are unfamiliar, uh, soccer, as we call it here, but football in the rest of the world is a pretty big deal. And I'm told, having being an ignorant American and never watched, but I'm told that the biggest football league in uh, the United Kingdom is the EPL, the English Premier League. Correct. And they have a really neat thing where they have three different tiers of teams. And every year, the worst team from each bracket gets knocked down to the, the bracket underneath it. Right. And the best team goes up. So that's my super ignorant American way of explaining it. Why are you laughing, Sam? I'm allowed to laugh. What is this? Communist Russia? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so my point, and after watching baseball in England, it just reminded me how badass would it be? If Major League Baseball, Triple A Baseball, and Double A Baseball had this sort of agreement where the team that's worst got kicked down every year. Like next year, it could be Baltimore playing against, you know, the Armadillo Sod Poodles or whatever, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know, like, like, that's the thing. And I think that it would be awesome because it would create a more regionalized fan base. Uh, as the excuse me, it would be less regionalized, more local like cities, you know. So here in North Texas, we have the Texas Rangers, but they have the double A team, which is the Frisco Rough Riders. You know, if you're from the Northeast, you don't just have to like the Boston Red Sox. You could like, I don't know what with the Hartford Whalers or whatever. Like, what are the <laughs> other ones? Yeah, I mean, there's the you have Pawtucket, you have the Sea Dogs, you have all those. I, exactly. I think the reason this wouldn't. The only reason this wouldn't work is because of the actual current structure of baseball. And the current structure of baseball, what would end up happening, it would just always be the same few teams relegating back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Because it's not like you're going to have the Yankees that are going to rele be relegated. Like, you can't, ultimately, from a branding standpoint, you can't have that. Just the way yeah. that this works now, anyway. But well, if you the two things... The two things that, that it makes me think of is, A, it won't work because all these minor league teams are owned or separate subsidiaries that are like partnerships with the major league teams. And then it would also wreck the way that the farm system is currently set up. So I don't think it would happen. But like just as a thought experiment, like how yeah. badass would this be? But I think it would be awesome. I mean, you'd have to disallow um, clubs who own the entire structure, all four ball clubs to move players from A to double A to triple A, they'd have to be stagnant in that one team so that they can compete equally. Um, I, I mean, I'm all for more baseball. That really just means more baseball for all of us at the end of the day, right? Wait, so Sam, how would that work specifically? So they would have to stay on one team no matter what? Well, otherwise, there's no competition, right? If you're moving a guy from, you sign him, he goes from high A to double A to triple A to... Um, MLB, that's currently how the whole flow works. Right. But if you want there to be any amount of competition um, between those those tiers, you have to essentially make them the same, right? You, like you're trying to find the best talent and hang on to that talent and not let your corporate overlord of the Yankees move them from one team to the next up to the major league level. It would also impact the coming back from injury because they wouldn't do like two weeks in this city and then one week in this city before they make it back to the bigs. But, You'd also lose some of that. But the one thing about that would be you have all teams are doing that. So there's almost parity in that. Like it, that's a disadvantage for everybody. So then it's not really a disadvantage 
to anyone in that case. So well, that's I mean, kind of the point, right? You have to make everybody equal in order for that to be competitive. Yeah, what but is I mean, this, communist Russia. <laughs> I mean, but isn't it on those clubs to draft better and to you know stock these teams with better talent? I mean, I I see what you're saying, Sam. That definitely makes sense. But I think I don't know how much that necessarily matters in the grand scheme of it if you structure it the right way. I'd have to mess around with the structure and think through it a little bit. I'll, I'll work on that for the next episode. And, and or, But you, you essentially that. think of each tier as a feeder, like you're going down the funnel mm-hmm. into the major leagues at the very bottom of that funnel. And if you want all of those teams to have any amount of chance to move to the next level, uh, that funnel dies, right? You want the team with the best players so that they can move to the next level. And you're, the goal is to make each if there's four teams in a structure from high a to mlb you want each of those to be the same and it's like that that's just not how baseball is structured you have to restructure the entirety of the the organization well i mean that would have to happen regardless in this case maybe not though because could you imagine if yes the ownership structure would change but like boston wouldn't lose the red sox they would just have to do well enough to where next season the red sox don't turn into a triple a team and they would have to not vulture from their triple a in order to do better like michael chavis would still be on the same team devers would still be on the same team they'd all be stuck in triple a fighting to get to where the yankees or where the red sox are now but wouldn't it be funny if like the hartford yard goats were playing the new york yankees yes or some guard? yes I don't know if you've seen some of the like mascots and the uniforms and the hats that some of these minor leagues team minor league teams have, but they are excellent. Oh, and I've got a jumbo shrimp shirt that I fucking love. Ah, oh, so cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that there's I, I get I 100 percent get what you're saying. We'll have to mess with the structure a little bit. I'll think this through. This is something I love to do. So I'll get back to you guys on this. But I uh, I do love like I, I feel like a team that plays if you're say the Orioles for example right and you're bad enough to not be able to beat minor league teams you shouldn't deserve to play in the major leagues and if a minor league team can beat you then that's you know I mean I feel like that's a no-brainer so there's a way to make this work we just have to research a little bit I agree well like I drove by on my road trip uh, it's called the ballpark at Jackson but it's home of the Jackson Generals who are a farms team for the Arizona Diamondbacks? Cute Careful. little six thousand seat, uh, double A club, but like that's baseball in Tennessee. And right now, base Tennessee doesn't have baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. they have Vanderbilt. They have the Rangers farm system. <laughs> uh, is is that where their AAA clubs at this year? Because it just yeah. changed. Yeah, it changed from uh, Round Rock to like Nashville, I think. I thought it was yeah. in Carolina. Round Rock is the Dodgers now, I think, right? No, it's the Astros. Astros? Because Reed Ryan owned them. Yeah. He's a well, anyway, that's the baseball blatherings is relegation in the baseball. Good stuff. I like this. We're going to come up with a way. We're going to make this work. We speak these ideas into existence, it seems, sometimes. Someone needs to call Rob Manfred and make this happen. He don't listen to me. I've already yelled a lot. <laughs> not since the incident? No, not since the incident. Well, we want to make sure we thank everyone for listening. And as always, check out all of our shows here at Sensibly Loud Media. Our headquarters is at sensiblyloud.com. But of course, if you like a reality show, check out Just Peachy. If you want to know what's going on in the entertainment, you need to check out Sensibly Loud Radio. Those boys that are on the break, they have all of your 
basketball free agent signings happening. And of course, we have a new flagship called Perpetually Correct, and it is going to tickle your fancy. I'm Ben Baseball. Thank you all so much. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 72 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Death, 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 death,